0: You're saying men also have body image issues. So,
1: So one of the issues that men have is very similar, but we don't talk about it as much. It's like we don't feel lovable. We don't feel, you know, our body's not good enough. We're not, you know, young enough. We're not sexy enough. We're bald.
0: Sort of Dear Men. Um, I really think that today's topic is important in our modern lives. It has to do with physical touch and loneliness and connection. And I'm happy to have Adam here, who is co-founder of or an organization we will be talking about, and also founder of HearMe.app, which he recently launched. So looking forward to hearing about that, too.
1: Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's so lovely uh, to be on this and to see you again.
0: Yes. So we're going to be talking about touch today because I think that um, as we, as humans have sort of evolved, you know, we used to be in tribes and small villages where we would get a lot of touch, not just from our romantic partners, but also like there were kids around, there were old people. We were kind of all taking care of each other a lot more and there was a lot more proximity. We were all sleeping very close together, either, you know, whatever, whatever sorts of housing we had, but there was just a lot more touch in our lives in general. And now most of us live in an isolated way.
1: Yeah. It's so interesting that you brought that up. I was interviewed by Ralph Nader. uh, And for whatever you think of Ralph Nader, we were going great
0: name to to name drop on the podcast. uh, I love it.
1: (laughs) uh, What what we were really talking about were the cultural conditions, which led rise to professional cuddling service uh, to be available and necessary, and not sort of vaunted, to use his term. And exactly correct. It's like we used to live in these communal societies, and as the, the growth of the modern society and modern culture and modern economic system, uh, we've become more and more detached uh, physically, as well as emotionally and spiritually from other people that, that, and our, our primary family. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that's a really good a good point to make. Yeah,
0: like I want to like let's make up, you know. A random individual. So his name is Joe. He's 32. He works, let's say in, since we're in New York city, we'll say New York city. He could go for weeks actually with very little touch. So he gets up, he, he lives alone. He has a studio apartment. He goes to work. He doesn't, he's not touching his coworkers. Maybe he might get a bro hug, maybe, but probably not. And he'll go through his whole day with no physical touch. He'll go home. He'll watch Netflix he'll get up the next day and do the same thing. And he won't even necessarily realize.
1: Right. You don't know what you don't know. And there's sort of from a sort of biological perspective, it's like most of us know the importance of getting uh, safe, healing, healthy. A lot of touch as an infant, as a child growing up, there's a lot of evidence to support that. What happens is our biological need for that kind of touch doesn't change, but our access to it changes. Right, so we don't have the access to it, and then we actually almost forget that we need it. And it's not until we have it to really realize what you've been missing and how important it actually is. So there's a lot of factors that go into it. One is just it's very cultural, right? So we live in a cultural society that um, pre Too movement you know, has a lot of issues relating to touch, and there's there's a lot of sort of very realistic reasons why you have to be very careful. And uh, and then this whole sort of quote unquote toxic toxic masculinity, where like women will get together as friends and put their arms around each other and hold each other and talk about real things, and they're sort of more interactive and relational in their in their relationships. So like uh, female friends might talk about work, their family, the death of someone, a movie. They're going to go into all of it and be physically close when they're doing that. Where men will like are more activity and transactional nature. They're going to use of a friend that they play tennis with, and then people that they work with. But it's not that sort of holistic sort of um, relationship, and that has helped foster a lot of disconnection for men physically, emotionally.
0: Yeah, and I want to talk about that because I don't think that a lot of, like, let's go back to this guy, Joe. Like, he's going through, let's say, a week. Uh, and, and like I said, I, I swear to God, I think there are, Men who go weeks or even months. I know I
1: did. Sure.
0: Definitely. Like what are the, what is the cost of that? Because we, we have a sense of like, okay, we need to eat healthy food and we need to exercise, but we don't really talk about relationships or connection, especially this aspect of physical touch. So what is the cost of not getting it?
1: Right. So just a very basic statistic that 20 seconds of a real full on hug. Uh, has enough sort of like power in it to make you feel a little bit happier for three days What? Right? so that's 20 seconds of a hug it literally and most of us you.
0: are hugging for what half a second
1: yeah most of us and especially men we do the pro hug thing it's like there's all of these unwritten and even written code of conduct which sort of prevents us from, from from feeling close to each other and because of relationships with women we're even more so much more careful uh, which is why I'd like to talk about consent and boundaries and how to find healthy Relationships and healthy touch and, and how to sort of use that to your advantage and to be a better sort of member of society. Um, so in terms of the very basic sort of physiological things that happen when you have touch in your life, there's a hormone called oxytocin. It's called the happiness hormone, the bonding hormone. It just makes you feel better and it makes you feel more connected right? And also your levels of st- the stress hormone cortisol actually decreases when you receive physical touch and when you're intimate with people, even just laughing and talking or having a general conversation. So uh, correspondingly, when you don't have uh, healthy touch in your life, when you're not in communion and connection with other people, your stress levels go up and the longer they stay up, the more it can impact sort of your blood pressure and your heart rate and sort of depression and anxiety. There, there's, you know, findings relating to that so it can have a real big decrease in your ability to sort of like have a stronger immune system. And then what happens on a, on a more personal level is you start to feel really closed in mm-hmm. and the more closed in you feel and the less contact you have, then it's harder for you to do it because people start to feel embarrassed by that lack of connection that they have, which has a whole set of mental health consequences related to that.
0: Yeah. I'm wondering if you can speak to that a little bit from your personal experience. Cause you alluded to that yeah. like briefly, yeah, so especially for men. Cause I really think that this does right. affect men so, more. I can
1: just sort of have a visualization of myself in college in my early to mid-20s where I literally thought of myself in a box, within a box, and I would write in my diary that I wanted to have a feeling based on an actual conversation or a sort of connection with a human being instead of just ruminating with my thoughts. So mm-hmm. I felt very deeply disconnected. And I felt deeply pathetic because I felt that disconnected and that made me withdraw even more. So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy and it's like, it can just sort of get worse. So then you start to keep your eyes down. You start to not say hello to people. Mm. You start to, your, your energy, your sort of body starts to cave in a little bit and, and that happens, right? So you take that physiological thing that happens and then you have sort of the, the messages of how men behave in society Right. Which we're strong and tough and we don't show our feelings that it's changing a lot, which is really wonderful. But we still are socialized to be boys, to be men. And uh, it,
0: it, And that was true for you. And you felt really right. boxed in, totally
1: boxed in, totally depressed, totally anxious and alone. And it took me a long time to sort of unpack the reasons for it and then come up with strategies to, to get through it.
0: What were? Can you? Would you mind sharing? Yeah. So I mean, the biggest strategy for for me,
1: you know, I used to hide in my success uh, or my perceived success, and what that does is it makes you pretend like you're not lonely in a crowd, Uh right? Because you talk about other things, but you don't get close with anyone. Yet you know a lot of people. So like I was the president. I've always been like the president of my dorm, or you know, those sorts of things, and yet I always felt more and more lonely because I was lacking interconnection. So for me, Mm -hmm. what happened was. Becoming active politically, where I started to actually interact with people that I could actually start to have conversations with, and very, very slowly over time, through a lot of recovery, that may be another conversation. I I begin began practicing because it's a practice. It, connection is a practice. It's mm-hmm. not something we you know. All of you that have been through college and you know advanced trainings, it's like you can study for you know thirty hours for a calculus. Test, and how many hours do you spend on really thinking about what's the best way to form a human connection or to maintain a human connection? So I had to do a lot of work and unpack a lot.
0: Yeah, and I'm curious if you wouldn't mind sharing. Do you know where that came from? Like when you, you don't have to share if you don't want to, but yeah, so I think it might help. I'm, some I'm gay. gay
1: and so for me, uh, early on, knowing it and knowing it wasn't safe to share and not even and feeling afraid of it, sort of all of those things so that made me feel really really closed off yeah. and then therefore I was afraid of how I was expressing myself and it's really hard to make good friends and make real relationships when you're not able to sort of say the very basics of who you are and and then all the coded language that goes into it and you're sort of forming relationships based on a fallacy so it makes it a lot harder and and that's a very particular thing but I with my two businesses Catalyst and Henry we work with a lot of men most are hetero men because most people, most, you know, from culture, you know, from a hetero... Heteronormative,
0: heteronormative society. society yeah.
1: more, more people are heterosexual. And the issues of loneliness and depression and feeling closed off and less than, and I'm, a fail, and I'm like sort of a fraud and I'm going to be found out, is prevalent no matter what your oh, sexual yeah. orientation or yeah. gender expression is. It's a really universal theme, which is why I'm really excited about the work that I do to help address all of it on a more universal level.
0: So, okay. So back to this, this man who is pretty isolated, doesn't totally realize it. Yeah. Right. Kind of does. Like he's got a sense of like, Oh, I wish maybe it's like, I wish I had a girlfriend. Like I'm, I'm sort of curious because, um, do you, for example, in your work, do you see that a lot of the, the sort of like, Oh, I wish I had a relationship stuff is I wish I was more nourished. I wish I was getting more physical touch, more nourishment. And it's sort of all getting funneled into, I wish I had a partner.
1: Yeah. So people want to be seen, heard, and validated. And it's very hard to do that when you're living alone or having surface relationships. So going back to our 30 old single man in New York city, one of the things that you can do in New York city and all over now is go to meetup.com, find events that you can go to and try to reach out, one of the worst things that you can do, which we all do which is just our nature is sort of like go back is get into our habit of not putting ourselves out there so it's important to put yourself out there and it's also important to give yourself a break right don't expect one event to change your life. You can have many not great experiences. One thing that is really great if you have if you have any sort of addiction or alcoholism in you or codependency or anything, even if you don't. Go to some kind of recovery meeting. Go to an AA meeting. You don't have to have a drinking problem because you're going to hear people share about what they're going through. You can get hugs and give hugs freely. Um, so if you might have a codependency or sort of if you, if you have any sort of quote-unquote issue, pretend like it's worse if you need to and find a support group for it because it gives you a community of people that you can practice basic social skills with. You can practice safe hugs. You can practice sort of basically sharing what's going on with you so it takes some bravery right so my favorite expression is that you know 20 seconds of courage can change your life Mm. so if you can get through that 20 seconds of going to the meetup or going to a recovery room or something in that vein do it because it'll make you feel uh it's part of the process you have to decide that you want to make the change right nothing's going to happen but just sort of what I call like, you know, these masturbatory sort of like, you know, you masticate on sort of all the things that you want to do and you wind up doing nothing because it's overwhelming. So you just have to, and I'm not saying, I hate when people say just because it indicate it sort of says to me that it's easy. This is really difficult work. So the first thing is just understand that this is difficult. And if you're feeling loneliness and you're feeling really touch deprived and you're feeling like you, you have a really hard time making connections. You have to just start to practice and give yourself a break. It may not work right away. You may show up at a door and then walk back, but just begin the process.
0: Yeah. I just kind of want to highlight the the first step, which is what you said, which is just being aware that touch deprivation is a thing. Right. Like, understand that this is a real physiological thing, right. and so is skin hunger, Right. which is... Is that just another term? For yeah, it's basically
1: another term. And So touch deprivation, skin hunger basically talks about the effects, what happens when you're not receiving those types of touch or when you're not receiving touch. And it's a, it's almost like a sponge that has doesn't have any water in it. It's very similar, and it goes back to what we talked about earlier about the psychophysiological sort of expressions, which is – uh, from a, a neurological perspective, oxytocin goes up, goes down in your system. When
0: you're not getting touched, oxytocin goes down.
1: stress hormones are higher. Right. That's just very sort of simple baseline. And conversely, when you're getting more touch, um, uh, the rates of cortisol uh, decrease and the oxytocin increases. So you just feel better. So you
0: sleep better. You sleep better. You have, you have, I mean, there's anti-inflammatory effects. It's better for your immune system. Yeah. So no. we had over Health. like
1: so Cuddlist, If I could talk about it for one second, yeah. it's a platform where we train and certify people to be professional cuddlers. Professional
0: to, cuddlers, guys. This is a thing.
1: And then you go to cuddlist.com and you can request sessions with these people. And the thing about it is that um, we've had over fifteen thousand client sessions, right? And People at the end of it, they love the touch. It's incredibly nurturing. It's incredibly filling and they feel seen, heard, validated and they report feeling more human. There's a humanity that comes in when you're connecting with someone. And what I'm most interested in is the connection. Some of us, I'm actually really great with medication. I can, with meditation. I'm sorry. I can drop down and sort of feel into a different level of consciousness. For many people, that's very hard, and even with that, you can even hide in it. But if you want to, like, there's a there's this great sort of Hasidic scholar who is dead, and his name is Martin Buber, and there's this concept called the little eye and the big eye. The little, little little eye is the individual consciousness; the big eye is God or universal consciousness. When two people can look at each other and be present with each other and feel in communion with each other, then they go to a more universal spiritual space. Nothing can help get there quicker than through human connection that's authentic and real and safe.
0: Hmm. So you said so you've done you cut a list. The organization has done over fifteen thousand client Nine sessions. sessions. Yes. I'm curious, like who are the people? Yeah. Is there a quote unquote type, or is there a?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, it, it's really all over. I mean,
0: it's is it sort of, mostly men?
1: Uh, it's becoming less – It's be, yes, it's dominantly men, but it, that's also shifting. So like 80-20 men. It's even shifting a little more, but definitely it's more men, men-centric because women tend to be able to get their physical needs met a little bit more because they have friends and relationships that they can do that, where men, if you're not in a relationship, you don't get any touch, right? So mm-hmm. there's no access to it because other than the bro hugs, unless you're sort of – you're just probably mostly not getting it. So our clients tend to be men. Uh, very similar to that person the the sort of archetype person thirty two year old Joe who um, who wants some comfort right and and the thing that's so hard for men is feeling that it's okay right that we're deserving of yeah. comfort we're deserving of connection. we feel we have this whole side that, I know I do I know it's very stoic like we're not worthy of it and then we have this sort of other side where we're sort of i guess probably because of people's interpretation of how sex work works there's sort of like you know i'm a loser if i have to pay for something Mm. right and the reality is if you think about do you belong to a gym do you get massages right do you have a regular therapist or traditional therapist what do you do for self-actualization and self-improvement we do all of these things to make ourselves better feel better be better actualize ourselves and yet we take this one aspect which is probably the most critical aspect of our life and we don't we, we put it into a box and we don't think we're worthy uh or there's something wrong with us and the fact is there's nothing wrong with us this is a human condition jack feels human right and jack's responsibility for that humanist is to figure out how to get some human needs met one way that you can do it very you know simply quickly if have 80 hours just book a session with the yeah. Um, and then you'll you're amazing you go from stranger to completely connected very quickly and that may be the supercharger that you need to then move on and you also get so right now for someone like Jack it's painful
0: I like and that Joe became Jack it's, oh, I'm sorry, so, no, it's Joe. totally cool Jack is one of my favorite guy names so okay, I like it. it's great
1: so like in this post me too movement right and I've been working a lot with college students and they're terrified no one wants to be a creep, but no one knows how not to be a creep. Women, it's like, it's just a big minefield, right? And so that makes it even more difficult. So one of the things you're going to learn in a cuddlest session or at a cuddle party is you're going to learn the basics of consent and boundaries because nothing happens unless both parties want it. So by learning how to advocate for what you want, knowing that the container is the other person has the right to say yes or no, is very powerful, Right. Can I touch you here? Would you like a hug? Can you rub my back? You're asking and you're waiting for an answer and you're going to honor the yes or the no, whatever it is. So men tend to think or I, that there's something wrong with our requests. that We feel that there's something off about the fact that we want something. That's not true. That's human nature. That's wonderful and beautiful. Right. But we get so wrapped up in that if we're afraid to get shut down imagine if we can reframe it where if someone says no to us, we thank them for taking care of themselves yeah. and we ask someone and we actually wait for an answer. Men tend to think of like, you know, a no is sort of like discussion point, right? What if we honor that? No, how will that, that um, for now I'm going to say a woman feel when, when you say thank you for taking care of yourself or no problem or that's cool right, and you say it honestly, authentically, then that person has a, sh- they're not on their guard. Women are on their guard a lot for obvious reasons. So by, by allowing them to sort of process what they're saying and not be snarky about it and say, thank you, I really appreciate hearing that. That opens up the possibility for a further relationship and communication on a human level.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned um, Cuddle List as an option, and then you also mentioned Cuddle Parties. And I want to just come back to that because if someone doesn't have the money for a professional yeah. cuddleist, or they want to, or they would feel safer in yeah. a group environment kind of thing. I went to a cuddle party here years ago, and then recently to another one of yours. But what are the cities? Where are the places that cuddle parties happen? Is it yeah. all over? Or?
1: Yeah, so you can go to cuddleparty.com basically. And even if there's not an official cuddle party, there are all these other sort of cuddle parties happening. And what essentially a cuddle party is? is it's a, not
0: an orgy, right? No, okay. close
1: down. I mean, the, the primary rule is you know uh, you don't do anything ever at a cuddle party, and you are close down. But so it's essentially a really wonderful workshop on consent and boundaries. And practicing communication skills using your voice and using touch as a vehicle. So for men, it can be very powerful to learn how to ask for what they want. And either, you know, someone says yes and that's wonderful, or they say no. And you have to sort of process it and learn that it's not gonna crush you and destroy you, and it's not anything you're not asking for the wrong thing. That person just doesn't want to hug you right now or get a, a back massage, right? And I know it sounds so silly, but it's so powerful. Those skills are so transferable. And for women to be able to have their voice heard, to be able to say no and to be able to say yes without judgment, right? It's like, these are such important concepts that they're so simple. We, we don't spend any time on them, right? Cause we think quote unquote, we should know it. Well, we don't know it. We're not socialized to know this. So going to a cuddle party uh, is a wonderful way to experience safe boundaries and exploring touch in a very safe, uh, way.
0: Yeah. And that's, um, I think a good point that you made about the practice element, because I think a lot of men only get practice with women when they're dating. Right. And if you really like a woman and you, you haven't practiced, you know, right consent or asking or these things, the stakes are higher. You really, now you really like her right. and you're, and you're even more afraid of rejection. Whereas if you've practiced, like you said, you actually right. do get better at, Hey, I would like to give you a back rub. Right. Would you like that? And then wait for the response right. and kind of calm your nervous system down instead of it being like a five alarm fire every time yeah. you want something and you either feel totally shut down. Like you never, if you're a man, you may have never asked for something you actually wanted right. before it it might be true like you might have never ever done it ever and going from that to having practiced a few times I think it does help with is, dating and, re- and it, relationships it
1: actually is the taproot for a relationship to be authentic and real because if you can't if you can't be with a relationship with someone that would be afraid to say no to you because they'd feel judged or, you know, attacked or whatever, because that is, like, totally closed off. So if you can practice basic communication skills with someone of, you know, the opposite sex or someone of your sex, if you can re-navigate a relationship with a man, right, let's say you hug you hug another man or you cuddle with another man and you're hetero, right, maybe you can feel sort of that just really sweet, warm, masculine energy supporting you as opposed to something that you need to run away from yeah, you're or Yeah, or defend at.
0: yourself against. Right. It's or like, everyone else will think that I'm gay. And right. That,
1: even know. and even if you are gay, we all have internalized homophobia. Right? Yes. And that internalized homophobia is more damaging to people who are not gay than to people who are gay. Because people who are gay sort of learn the skills to how to navigate sort of the world around them. <laughs> Where if you're hetero and you have this internalized homophobia, That's actually blocking you, right? You talk about a lack of oxytocin in your life. You talk about a lack of sort of like openness. Um, That's very restricting for you. So to be in a workshop where it's, you know, generally equally gender balanced and you practice it's, it's just a wonderful thing that can really benefit you. So I'd say Cuddle Party is like a group experience where, you know, if you want to supercharge it a bit, a session with the cuddlers is more sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, intense. It's like playing tennis with a friend versus like having a tennis lesson.
0: Yes. And then another option that we were talking about was um, social dance. So I'm a swing dancer and a blues dancer, and there's a couple of things I like about this as an option to get more physical touch in your life. The first is that they're pretty low cost. So, you know, you can go to a blues dance for like $8. Um, And there's a lot, you know, around the country. Most cities will have at least one night a week where there's either swing or blues dancing. The other thing I like about it is that Part of the way that you build community and you build friendships is seeing people on a regular basis. So if you're going to Friday Night Blues every Friday, you're going to start to get to know people. You're going to start to get to know the follows. If you take the lesson beforehand, you're going to meet people and hear their names and everything. So there's an easy way, like you were saying, you got to put yourself out there. That's one thing I think meetup is a great option. And I think that the the most powerful choice is Meetups that happen on a regular basis, sure. places where you're going at least once a week. Once a week is great, in my opinion. And you're seeing the same people. That, for me, has really been the game changer in terms of community building quickly where wherever I live is where where is somewhere I can get involved. Sometimes it's been ultimate frisbee for me, but we're talking about physical touch here. So blues dancing, swing dancing, tango dancing, any kind of social dance you're meeting people that you then see regularly. And then sometimes they'll be like, Oh, we're going to a diner later. Come with us. Like there's all sorts of other social things that can happen. And, um, like I said, like low cost to me is a thing. Cause I often in my life when I have been very, very lonely, I have noticed that I have also been very, very poor. Yeah. I don't know if that's a correlation for a lot of people, but I know that for me, the periods of my life, when I've been the most lonely, I've also not had access to lots of resources. So throwing social dance out there as a great addition to your life, especially if you're a man who lives on his own.
1: Right. And you know, one of the things you can do in terms of touch is there's a lot of people in cities with free hug signs. So I'm sure if you maybe Google free hugs. Uh, Like I know in New York city, they're in union park, they're in central park. Get yourself a hug, give a hug, ask to hold up a sign. You know, um, in terms of we're talking now about touch, because sometimes you can't, you know, there's a great expression. You can't think yourself into right action. You have to act yourself into right thinking. So you can't, it's hard to like think through touch deprivation, right? Cause you wind up sort of like feeling bad, right? But if you can, Put it on par with sort of any other uh, thing that you would do to make yourself feel better, right? If you, you know, take taking medicine or going to the gym or you have a nice breakfast or you get yourself a cup of coffee in the morning or whatever your like routine is for self-care, right? And think about how to get that need met. And don't like if you don't have coffee for a day, you don't think you're a loser, right? Similar, if you don't get touched in for a day, you're not a loser. You just need to figure out how to get it. And you have to put some energy and time and work
0: into it. And the other thing I want to point out is that it's not just men who struggle with this. This has been on my mind and heart for like a couple of years now, because I am I've spent most of my adult life single, like the minority of my life has been when I've been in a relationship. And every time that I've broken up with someone, um I have felt like I'm going back out into the desert. Like in terms of physical touch and cuddling and like being held like I truly feel like most of the time I'm in the desert and the minority of the time I have a partner that I'm like physical with, yeah. you know, a lot of the time. And I, and so I just want to normalize, like, I have been like, I want more physical touch in my life. I've been talking about it with people. I've been bringing it up. I've been, it's been on my heart for like months now of like, I want more of this in my life. This is something I want in my life. So it's not just men that struggle right. with it. and, and, Anyway, I just wanted to sort of yeah. normalize, like, this has been on my heart, too. And also,
1: it's not just women that, that uh, have body issue images or feelings of doubt about their physical appearances or their ability to attract someone or their, you know...
0: You're saying men also have body image issues.
1: So so one of the issues that men have is very similar, but we don't talk about it as much. It's like we don't feel lovable. We don't feel, you know, our body's not good enough. We're not, you know, young enough. We're not sexy enough. We're bald. Whatever our day is, right? I have a list. Whatever your thing is. And so that becomes an inhibitor because it makes you feel not as good about yourself. So I would like to normalize that men feel... Have issues relating to themselves. There's a wonderful. Boy. Here's another thing that you can do. There's Google Manned Kind Project. It's an incredible organization where men support each other, and they have these weekend warrior trainings, and you can build a community of men uh, who are who share what they're going through. Um, in all aspects of their life. It's a beautiful organization. It's called Mankind Project.
0: Mankind Project is cool, too, because their their weekend retreats, they make sure that you live within like 100 miles of where you go to the retreat because they specifically want to help you build local community. Right. A lot of other ones you'll fly in for, which is also valuable, but that, I think, is a cool aspect of yeah. them where they really want you to be able to keep in touch right. with the men that you go to that workshop with, that you can go hiking with them, that you can go yeah. hang out right. with them and be around. Yeah. Men, you can have real conversations. Yeah, that's a with. great
1: point. So it's a strong national organization, but the, but the, it's really impactful on a local level because you're actually building community with men in your uh, where you live, and you know it's such a. I would suggest that very strongly.
0: Yeah, and then the last thing I kind of wanted to address was um, physical touch within the context of a relationship. Um, I I've never stayed with someone because I wanted physical touch in my life. I've never been like this relationship isn't working, but I really don't want to go back out into the desert. But I, like you said, I at least get some physical touch from my women friends right. and some of my guy friends too. Like I'm, I'm a pretty touchy feely person. Um, and, but I would imagine that there are men that are like, they, they almost never get touched. So then when they are in a relationship it's hard for them to leave because they maybe even unconsciously know that they're going back out into the desert. Do you ever find that in the people you talk to?
1: Yeah. There's a lot of people that stay in not healthy relationships because, you know, I mean, I, for decades, (laughs) my sister, no, there are people in, in my life that are in relationships that they would prefer not to be in, but the fear of leaving is so strong. And that's, that fear is a universal fear that, that is across many different sort of, stages in your life from where you are um so and it's also just culturally right like so i'm now so i met mel at this sort of office uh in midtown manhattan where i have a business partner and it's a pretty conservative type of a of of an office so the few times i've met mel i've given her a big hug right and i didn't do it here because i felt like it was you know Mm. sort of maybe not as appropriate so there are cultural conditions which we're aware or even not aware of, which inhibit sort of that type of touch. Um, the way to get through it all is you ask. Mm. So if you want to hug a female coworker, maybe it's not appropriate when you work environment. maybe say, hey, can I give you a hug? And you know what? You can try it with a male friend as well. Hey, bro, can I give you a hug? And let's hold each other for 10 seconds. Practice it. You'll probably giggle. It may feel awkward and it may feel really nice.
0: Yeah. I want to highlight that thing about oxytocin one more time. Cause this kind of blew my mind. You really want to be hugging someone for seven seconds or longer. Right. This includes if you are in a relationship or you're dating people, the people you're dating too. if you're, if you're saying hello or you're, or you're hugging goodbye, you really want to be counting those seven seconds, seven to 10, really right. 20 is ideal. Right. But my understanding is like seven one one thousand kind yeah. of seven it it does make a difference to your body like physiologically you will feel better it will calm your nervous system down it is a really good idea if you have access to someone to hug this is a good idea and it doesn't Fine.
1: have to be someone that you're attracted to or a friend if you live in her joe or jack whatever i forgot his name joe, his lives in a building in new york head. city there may be an elderly woman that lives in her building and you can say I miss this whatever or whatever. Hey, can I give you a hug so today? I'm feeling a little bit down, or would you like a hug? So, one of the things that cuddle parties, which is so amazing, is it's intergenerational. You'll have 22 year old people with 70 year old people, and it's a really beautiful combination. And so, we tend to live these very segmented lives where we're only around people that look like us, that are based on our age, our income brackets, et cetera. Um, but there's less risk, perhaps, and it's easier. I promise you, if you go to a, someone who's older, say, I'm practicing being more available, or I, can I give you a hug for 20 seconds or 10 seconds? I would really appreciate it. You ask. You can. I mean, there might be some exceptions, but in general, you're going to be met with such acceptance and such surprising love when you ask for people, you ask for their help, or you ask them. It, it, it makes them feel so much more wonderful about themselves. So,
0: go and, it comes, and it calms their right. nervous system too. So,
1: so, I'm glad that Mel keeps on going back to the phys- psychophysiological benefits, right? Because they there there are a lot of psychophysiological benefits. And you don't experience those psychophysiological benefits. It's an experience from the head to the heart. You know it intellectually, right? Just like you know that, like, you know, whatever, some type of weightlifting is going to have this effect. Well, you can know it and think about it, but unless you do it, it's not going to have that effect. So this is where the 20 seconds of courage comes in. Because in order to feel the effects of it, you actually have to do it. This is an interactive process. This is not theoretical, it's experiential.
0: Yeah. And the last thing that I would say is, yeah, within the dating realm, if you are seeing someone or seeing someone new or whatever it is, that's a good time to practice. Like when you're ending a date, like, hey, can I give you a hug? I read about this thing that if we do it for 10 seconds, it helps calm us down. Would you be down for that? That's a great time to do it. And also, you know, you don't have to have sex with everyone that you are dating. You can say like, listen, I'm going to be upfront with you. I really miss cuddling. I would love to cuddle with you tonight. No sex, clothes on, whatever we want to do. Would you be down for that? Of because off. I know a lot of women who would really appreciate if a man led in that way of like, I would like physical closeness and I'm not ready for sex, but how would you feel about this? I want to throw that out there as an option in dating because... A lot of the men that I know are doing online dating, and it feels very binary. Like, either we go home and bang, or nothing happens at the end of this date. And I want to add in, like, a whole area of gray, that there's a lot of other options that can happen.
1: Yeah, and part of that, you know, I'm sh- there's sort of men's biological makeups, and it's also cultural, right? Men, I know my experience and the experience of other men, we don't necessarily, we don't feel better, by having those kind of cookies, I mean, yeah, it, it feels really nice. You don't feel
0: better by having, by by having, having anonymous, you know, by anonymous having sex. Quick okay. sex.
1: It's like, so what happens is, um, we, it becomes habitualized. So if you can reframe, if you can rehab it yourself, and if you. What
0: becomes habitualized?
1: Sort of like. Empty sex? Oh, like okay. sort of the swiping, like, you know, and if you wind up feeling crappy about yourself and you want to, you know, it becomes a numbers game and it doesn't make you feel better and you look back and you're like, I don't know, I slept with 20 people and I don't really remember any of them or whatever it is, right? You don't, you're not forming close relationships. Where if you have in mind that you want to improve your. Um, you want to become a better person and you want to be better a better communicator, right? And. In this whole sort of era of consent and boundaries and vulnerability and empathy, what's so cool is now these are buzzwords not just for dating, but they're buzzwords for business. So if you want to become a leader and really step up, you better understand what it means to be vulnerable, what it means to be a really good listener, how to be fully present for someone, how to allow yourself to be vulnerable, right? So these skills are transferable now more than ever.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. So um, we're going to start to wrap up and I'm hoping you can tell us a little. We've we heard about list. Yeah. I think that's pretty clear. What about HearMe.app? Because I do think that the whole kind of realm is related.
1: Yeah, so HearMe.app, it's right now available on iOS. We launched about a month ago and it's a platform where we have people who are available to listen to you, talk, text, or video 24-7. Um, and the concept is just like we're Touch-deprived and that touch deprivation leads to many negative effects. Many of us, we don't talk to people, right? So Jack may go through his day, he'll talk to some coworkers, and especially now, look at this office, it's all these people, no one's talking to each other, they all have their little headphone things on and typing on their computer, right? Sometimes we need to get something off our chest, and we get stuck with it, and it's really hard. So I developed a company allowing you to get whatever you need to get off your chest in a very safe way. In real time, mm-hmm. and that's the, the essence of of hear me. and that it's based on shared lived experiences, so you can find someone. Jack can find someone who maybe lives in Chicago in a relatively similar part of period of his life that he can share what he's going through and this oh, person can cool. relate to him as well.
0: So it's so they it's it matches you by.
1: So right now, there's right now you can search. And you can see people's lived experiences and read a bio, so you can decide for yourself if you feel like this is the person that you want to talk to. You're not, like, sort of uh, matched with someone. Uh, it's a, it, it, you're, you are part of the decision-making, which empowers you, and you also feel more safe with the person that you're talking to because you know that they've had some similar experiences.
0: Interesting. What if that person's not available right then, or does it just show you the people available right then?
1: Yeah. Well, so it'll show you everyone, but the people that are available will have a little green light.
0: Ah. So, okay. Um,
1: cool. But it's cool. We're coming at like you can favor people. We're we're you know we're going to be iterating this thing and really coming up with new uh, new uh, uh, new iterations of it. But hear me. App. So just like you need to practice asking for hug and getting a hug, sometimes you need to practice communication. Right. Talking to someone hey, I had a really great day or I had a really crappy day or my mom's sick or my boyfriend dumped me or I'm really stressed out over my boss or whatever, right? And I know for myself, and it goes back to that I, I don't think what I have to say is important enough and who wants to listen to me, right? And people do want to listen to you and you are important enough. You just have to allow yourself to practice it.
0: Mm. I think that's a great place to end. And the only thing I would add is give yourself a break. This is really uh, important, and just understand, especially in our modern world, that that loneliness is real, and that it does have an effect, and that it is uh, something to pay attention to. You just give yourself a break. You're not alone. alone.
1: You're not alone. You're not alone. alone. Among, loneliness has doubled in the past thirty years. Uh, The Surgeon General under Obama put out this amazing thing, signature study. Um so this is a this is a generational thing that's happening. Um you're not alone in your aloneness. You're not alone in your touch deprivation. It's it's prevalent because of the conditions that give that have given rise to it. Um and uh you can take apart to sort of yeah, just give yourself a break and start small.
0: Yeah, give yourself a break, start small. I know that there is lots of there's lots of hope. There are lots of options.
1: And you can email me, Adam, at Cuddlist or I'm at Twitter, at Adam Lippin. And, uh, you know, I'd be happy to talk with you further or, you know, offer any thoughts. So,
0: And I imagine you're also on the Hear Me app as well.
1: Um, I'm actually not. Oh, as a really? Right now, only because I'm working on the listener community as, as much. But we have amazing people on HearMe.app. Thank you.
0: For
1: that. <laughs> people, yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs>
0: that's great. Okay. Thanks, guys. That wraps up another episode of Dear Men. Thank you for listening. If you want to reach out, we would love to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Dear Men Podcast. That's at Dear Men Podcast. Or Facebook, we have a group, Dear Men Podcast. We also have an email address, dearmenpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to join the Big Sexy Dataset, the community of people who regularly respond to the surveys that we talk about on this podcast, just email us at that address, dearmenpodcast at gmail.com, and we will set you up. Have a sexy day.